2: Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com Twizzlers. Another day
1: is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
0: The Harder They Fall is a new Western directed by James Samuel and soon to arrive on Netflix. It stars an ensemble cast including Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors and Regina King. And although their stories are largely fictionalised, it brings into focus many real historical figures. Tony Warner, a historian of African and Caribbean history and an expert on black Westerns, joined us recently to discuss the film and where it sits in the genre. Putting the questions to Tony was our digital editor, Eleanor Evans.
4: I wonder if we could hear a little from you, Tony, on the significance of seeing real figures featured in this way in the film and what has happened to their stories in the past.
5: Well, I think it's a huge leap forward to have these kind of black Western figures in a movie which is shot so when well it looks so cool on the big screen doing all those action sequences. Um, it's not the first time there's been black Westerns going back to the 1920s, 1930s, 1970s. But I suppose it's kind of a breath of fresh air in the current climate to actually have these kind of historical stories or t- told or even represented, I should, I should say, it, in these characters. Because the characters are based on real people. So the story is fictionalized, but the people in the movie, like Bass Reeves and Mary Fields and Kathy, um, they're all based on real African-American legends of, of the so-called Wild West. So it's looking good.
4: And as you say, it's not the first time uh, that these figures have been featured. And I hope we'll sort of explore those stories as we chat today. But if we can um, start with some of the figures who are featured in in, um, Samuel's film, Uh, we've got Nat Love, sometimes known as Nate Love. He wrote his own biography. So how much is known about um, the real figure, Nat Love?
5: Well, Nat Love was a legendary cowboy in his own time. He even wrote a book, as you just mentioned there. I think the book is about 75 pages long, but... The star, well, Jonathan Majors, who's in the movie, read that book cover to cover over and over again, and it's based on his real adventures. The, the, he was a, uh, a crack shot. He was a cowboy. He was um, um, he actually spent time with the Native Americans and learned the language, etc. Um, he had an amazing story, you know, and he, it's, it's based on real facts. So that's one example of a of, a, uh, of a real uh, real person in the movie. Then, of course, he got Bass Reeves who is a real person from history, who was the the first black deputy U.S. marshal. He arrested 3,000 people in his lifetime. He had to shoot 14 of them. Um, He was known, and people were so scared of him coming after them that if they heard he was after them, they'd just given themselves up. And he's a real person that has been definitely overshadowed because there's a well-known TV show called The Lone Ranger, and it's said that The Lone Ranger borrows a massive amount from Bass Reeves' history. But, of course, The Lone Ranger that I saw when it was a white guy um, whereas the Bass Reeves character is a black man. So the history has been whitewashed to a huge extent when it comes to the whole cowboy genre. In fact, if you think about the typical Western, it's, in, it's a fact about you have um, a group of white cowboys fighting against these Native Americans, and the Native Americans are all shown to be wicked, evil, aggressive. And in fact, it's their land that's being stolen. But the image you get from um, seeing a typical Hollywood Western is that the, the white cow- cowboys are the good guys they're being aggressed against, and they defend themselves. When actually, the truth and the fact, they're stealing other people's land. But that's not what comes across in the typical Western.
4: So, yes, the point there, is, obviously, these are very real histories that have been uh, not included in in the popular narrative. Um, and I guess to situate listeners a bit um, in the history. So we're after the American Civil War, um, after the Emancipation Proclamation, is that right? When these figures were um, active in the Wild West and, and making their own stories.
5: Yeah, so we have 1865, You have the end of the American Civil War, and that's when you have... People like the Buffalo Soldiers, these are real African American soldiers, cowboys who were out there kind of fighting the so called Wild West. Include, and actually, there was a woman called Kathy, and Kathy features in the film, The Hard They Fall. And Kathy Williams was a real woman who disguised herself as a man. And so for three years, with the um, US Army. So uh, an amazing true story. And and it's a surprise that no one, as far as I know, has made a film about that, because that is an incredible story. So she serves three years, there's a whole bunch of fighting. She's discovered because she has uh, health issues from smallpox, and after three years she's discovered, then she gets gets kicked out. But um, she also has injuries from her service meaning that her toes are amputated and she has all these other issues. So she applies for a pension, but she's refused the pension. So an amazing... story true story and you uh, you also wonder how come that story is not better known
4: yeah definitely remarkable inspiration some more for this film um, and you mentioned obviously um kathy but there are um, other women in this film that loom very large they're brilliant figures what's known about how women were regarded in these these gangs in the wild west and and the real figures that this film draws on
5: well Stagecoach mary is another real character from history and she was the first Black woman to have her own mail-carrying route. So basically, she was transporting mail over 19 miles of hostile, you know, territory uphill and down dale through the snow, etc. And in fact, what, what is said is that um, if the snow was too deep for the horses to travel the 19 miles she would put the mail on her back and walk the 90 miles in her snowshoes. And she helped to build a convent. And she was doing this when she was like in her 50s and 60s. I mean, <laughs> that's another movie, right? There's a couple of books on her, but that uh, alone, that story, that's worth a movie. And again, the question is, well, how, why has that movie not been made at all right now? Um, and I suppose this film, Hard Day Fall, has done something to address that. The only thing people need to know is that when they're watching the film, Um, as you mentioned, the names of the people are based on real characters because very often you watch a film, you just think it's all made up. You just think it's all kind of fantasy. But at least he put that um, uh, proclamation in front to say these people did exist. Although I I know for a fact people are going to watch that film and just think it's made up anyhow. That's how people are sometimes. But it's good that these names are out there.
4: Obviously, in the film, um, you have two rival gangs. I hope that's that's not as i to say. There are two rival gangs. Is there no, what's known about um, sort of the gang setup in the Wild West? Were there any real gangs that you're aware of that would have influenced?
5: Well, Rufus Book definitely had a gang. Um, Cherokee Bill was in, I think, a number of different gangs. Matt Love, I'm not quite sure if he was involved in a gang or not. For him. But there were definitely real gangs in the Wild West and they, they definitely had a history of being hunted down in some cases. And that's where you got all the kind of the, the famous sheriffs who had to kind of go up against these gangs and the gangs would terrorise certain areas.
4: Okay, and in terms of um, locales, uh, there is a scene when um, one of the gangs goes into a white town. So would would that have been a, a reality? Would there have been that sort of... Oh, th- good
5: grief. Yeah, I mean, there was sun... Well, let me go back a bit. There was something called a sundown town and these sundown towns existed up until at least in the 1960s, if not 70s. And a sundown tent meant that, meant that as a black person, you could not be in that town after when it got dark, sundown. So if you were walking through or driving through this, this town, a white town, and it was one of those sundown towns, you had to be out of there by 6, 7 p.m. Otherwise, you would have a serious problem. So that you definitely had white towns up until that 60s, far less than the 1860s. So, yeah, that's a fact
4: for sure and and can we hear a little from you then on why these stories haven't been seen in in this way before i mean you mentioned they've been in, featured in certain ways but this this is seems like a particularly um significant moment
5: well, one thing I know from um, showing films that BFI is about the African Odyssey program is that there was something called the Hayes Code. The Hayes Code existed from the 1930s, 1960s, and it was literally a, a list of things that you could not do or should not do in a movie, and it dominated or affected Hollywood for good 30 years and included things like um, you cannot show interracial relationships. You cannot show white people as enslaved people. You can't show white slaves, but you can show black people as slaves. And there are also issues uh, or comment about you must not offend any race, nation or creed, which basically meant that you shouldn't offend a white people because they actually made these rules. So this then affects the production of Hollywood movies from the 30s to the 60s, which is why you see a lack of positive black representation in all those films. And when it comes to cowboys now, of course, the original cowboys, Um, There were a lot of black cowboys out there doing um, the things we see white cowboys doing. But when it came to the movies now, all you saw was white people doing all these amazing, interesting things. So there was official policy of not having black people in roles of power and authority as heroes in films and that only started to break down in the 60s because of the American civil rights movement, people like Harry Balfonte Sidney Poitier, Martin Luther King saying we need to have accurate representation, that's when it begins to shift, which is why you see a resurgence of, of black westerns in the 1970s.
4: Uh, and there's a there's a western that they made as well could you say a little bit about that
5: oh yeah um there's a film called book and a preacher it comes out in 72 i think it was and, and book and a preacher again so i should mention that harry belafonte city party are both leaders in civil rights in america they're huge at the time right um and they make a movie based on again a true story of what is called exodusters and these are african-americans who are kind of fed up with racism in the deep south and they move away from the kind of deep self-racist areas and try to find some space for themselves to actually have their own free lives. So in the movie, um, Book and the Preacher are Belafonte Poitier, and they literally help this group of African-Americans to get to freedom. And you know, in one way, it's telling the true story of the exodus. As on the other hand, it's also reflecting on modern, or I should say 70s civil rights issues, because there were still issues in the 70s when it comes to equality for black people in America. And in that movie, they addressed or have commentary about present-day society. So it's an amazing film. 1972 is called Booking the Preacher. It's well worth watching.
0: Still to come on the History Extra podcast.
5: I suppose it kind of challenges the dominant narrative in that John Horace and his African-American, um, Native American forces take on and beat the white American forces. They fight against racism and they, they in effect, they, they win. So it's an amazing true story.
3: Visit BetterHelp.com slash History Extra today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, historyextra slash History Extra.
1: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash history extra. Just go to indeed.com slash history extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored, Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers.
4: And what other sort of films have have tapped into these stories before and have perhaps, you know, um, woven in some of those contemporary issues as well?
5: Well, what's interesting is that James Samuels, the director of The Hard Day Fall, also produced a film or directed a film called um, They Die by Dawn. And that came out like, I don't know, like seven years ago or so. And it has many of the same names, the same real people in the movie. So Bill, oh, I didn't mention Bill Pickett. Bill Pickett is in *The Hard They Fall, but Bill Pickett is also in They Die By Dawn. And Bill Pickett is a real person. This is a, a real-life cowboy rodeo star who was able to wrestle 800, 1,000-pound cows or bulls to the ground by biting the cow on the, on the cow's lip with his teeth. Incred- this, this sounds ridiculous, but that's what he was doing. And plus he had like five brothers and he had his own rodeo show that toured across the American West. And there's still even now a Bill Pickett rodeo show taking place, um, you know, around America. So Bill Pickett, and actually he was actually in the movie. He was a movie back in 1923 called Bill Pickett Bulldogger, which is a real movie um, produced during the time of segregation. And it has him as the star. So Actually, I suppose he did get a film made about him, but it should be more than one I, 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 I went for. But actually, he's in both um, The Bedon and um, The Hard They So he's another interesting character to talk about.
4: Yeah, really interesting. And, and what's known, I suppose this might be a, a trickier question, but what's known about um, these figures' perception of themselves in the Wild West? Like, did they, like, the c- cowboys, like, they, they did they regard their stories as, as remarkable? Or do we know much about that?
5: Well, I think... I think, yeah. I mean, like, for example, Bass Reeves, he knew as a legend. <laughs> if, if, if people are turning yourself, themselves in just when they hear that you're after them, you must know that you're a pretty f- formidable person. Um, and he has descendants. One of his descendants is a judge. I think his name is Mr. Grady. He wrote a book about Bass Reeves. Um, and when it comes to people like Cherokee Bill, who's also in hard Day Fall, he's, he was a horrible uh, person, actually. Cherokee Bill was a real outlaw. And actually, Rufus Book, Rufus Book was the main star in the movie. It was a real outlaw who had a gang and they were really disgusting. Um, So I think as far as their self image is concerned, I would say towards the end of their lives, they would certainly have known that they were well known, famous, legendary or, you know, um, they were they were people were aware of who they were at the time. That's for sure.
4: So, so James Samuel brings together these real historical figures in a in a fictional setup on on screen. Can we hear a little bit more from you on sort of that that setup and what what sort of what it's like to watch it on screen?
5: Well, I watched on a small screen, but it was still thrilling, exciting, quite um, very innovative. Because there's a scene without giving a spoiler. There's a scene where they use some music from a man called Fela Kuti, which I've never seen in the West ever before. It was like amazing just to see that. That um combination of you know action and the fella Cootie and, and the whole history that the fella Cootie song can, can brings into it. But also there's lots of references to um other black directors and films. So for example, oh, I don't want to give the thing away, but there's a couple of scenes in there that reference a Spike Lee film. Let me be about that. There was a certain scene you see, and that directly li- it references a, a very well-known um Spike Lee film about a 60 civil rights leaders mean like that and then of course you have a a, a visual reference actually it's a, a it's a written reference to the legendary chadwick Boseman and i think that's kind of you'll see that for yourself that's not giving away nothing but you that, yeah so i thought it was great I, I enjoyed it i'd watch it again um and i think it'll be a hit
4: fantastic so how does this film um fit then into that tradition of black westerns that you've been talking about that you've touched upon so far
5: well i think it Picks up from where Django and Chin left off. So remember, Django and Chin comes out in 2012, and of course, within that, there's there's a whole bunch of true history in that film as well. Because one aspect is the fact that um, Django is able, wishing to do anything to get the back of his wife, and there were people who actually did that, tried to rescue their their, um, their partners. One man was called Dangerfield Newbie. And we know about him because in 1859, he was involved in the Harpers Ferry Raid. He was killed in that raid, but on his body was found a letter from his wife, who was enslaved, and she was asking him to come and rescue her. And he was on his way to do that. So we know there's real evidence of, um, you know, real history and Django. So Fred Williamson was a big 1970s action star, as was Jim Brown. And actually, it's a good point, because Jim Brown was in the western called 100 Rifles back in 69. And this is the first time you have an interracial romance on the big screen. And it was very controversial at the time, because remember, you had the Code saying you should never show interracial romances. And then you have Jim Brown, who's kind of a world famous black international kind of uh, football player, then becomes a movie star, having an affair with Raquel Welch, who at the time was one of the most beautiful, desirable women in the world. And they're in this Western called Hundred Rifles, where um, Jim Brown's character is a ex-Buffalo soldier. So again, whole history there, but that film comes out in 69 and it it does break down some barriers because up until that time, you're not seeing black men as, you know, action heroes. really That's not really a, a norm at the time, but Jim Brown becomes a black action. So again, when you think about Wesley Snipes and Denzel Washington and Will Smith, they all stand on his shoulders, literally, because he kind of brought the door brought, brought the door down in more than one way, actually. So you got that film, 100 Rifles. And of course, Fred Williamson was a, a good friend of Jim Brown's. And Fred Williamson starred the movie with Richard Pryor. It was called Adios Amigo. And Richard Pryor is an amazing character, but when you have Fred Williamson and Richard Pryor together in this movie, it's just like a—it's just a whole new world. And also, we should mention Blazing Saddles a little bit because Blazing Saddles, well, Blazing Saddles is a kind of a classic um, western. Now, of course, that western is a parody or a satire when it comes to racism. Um, and Richard Pryor wrote the script for that film, and it stars—I oh, forget the, the the brother's name now—but uh, the star of that. The black star, the black sheriff in that um, film is another legendary character. And, and that Blazing South film then becomes like a, a real touchstone for westerns, but also that film itself is a critique on American racism. I see. yeah, so I was saying before, it, it's picked up from where Django left off. So I suppose it's what, almost 10 years? Yes, yeah, 10 years since that came, film came up, more or less. And it's taken to a new level in that this time we have real names of real people that we can go on Google and research. Um, and it's a fresh take because it's an all-black West in this case, um, with an all-black cast, and all-black stellar cast too, and it's on Netflix, which Django wasn't on Netflix, it was just in the cinema, so it's going to get to a, a bigger audience, I would have thought, or maybe a more diverse audience, but I think it's going to change the game. And actually, oh, I, again, I can't give away spoilers, but yes, there, there's potential for other things to happen.
4: Yes, absolutely. And in terms of next things uh, that might happen, what stories next or what stories that have struck you that you think you'd really like to see taken on next on screen?
5: From what we mentioned so far, I'd like to see a film about Kathy Williams, that black female soldier who was undercover as a man for three years. I'd love to see a film about stagecoach and her, her amazing legacy and a, a, a male route walking 19 miles with, you know, through the snow. Um, I think Bass Reeves, Bass Reeves, he definitely deserves his own movie. In fact, a whole series would be better. And then there's another character you might not have heard about. There's a guy called John Horse. Now, John Horse was the leader of the Seminole Wars, and John Horse actually rescued several hundred African Americans and Native Americans and took them from America to Mexico, where they established a free town. So John Horse led these wars, these successful wars against um you know, racist American um soldiers. and he actually won and actually sets up his own republic, so to speak, in Mexico. And this is a story that's hardly ever talked about,
4: oh, wow. so so uh, has any film taken on his story before or not?
5: No. no, John Horse. Uh, oh, all you got to do is just Google John Horse Seminole Wars and just see the amount of stuff that comes up and then ask yourself, how come that's not being made to move? Because I suppose it kind of challenges the dominant narrative in that John Horse and his African-American, um, Native American forces take on and beat the white American forces. They fight against racism and they, they, in effect, they, they win. So it's an amazing true story. We, we forgot to mention even um, Will Smith in Wild Wild West because remember, that was a big time movie, but that was actually a TV show back in the 60s with two white stars, two white stars. But when they made the movie now, I think it was 1997, they actually had Will Smith as one of the stars. So that was a bit of what called race bending. Um, but, but for some people, that was the first time they'd seen a black cowboy. And I know that for some of my friends, when they saw Blazing Saddles, that was the first time they saw black cowboys. And they thought it was, you know, made up. They thought it was just a fantasy. But actually, of course, there's a 150 years of black cowboys. So, yeah. And it's just like World War II, you go to the World War II movie, when do you ever see a whole bunch of Indian or black troops fighting and winning the battle, et cetera? Although the fact is that they actually did that. In fact, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a movie with a black Spitfire pilot in it, even though there were black Spitfire pilots in World War II and black bomber pilots as well. So I actually know some of those guys who were shot down, in the prison war camp survived, came back here, became lawyers and activists here. And I've never seen, you know, a, a, a Guyanese or... Trinidadian or Jamaican Spitfire pilot or Bomber pilot, even though I knew they existed in real life. And that's like 70 years now on the road from World War II. Where are those stories being told in film? Because that is a, that's outrageous, readers. Really, as far as I'm concerned.
0: That was Tony Warner. Tony is a historian from Black History Walks. They organise walks, talks and films in London throughout the year, all about black history. And you can find out more at blackhistorywalks.co.uk. Tony has also written a feature for our website, which you can read at historyextra.com/the-harder-they-fall. James Samuel's film The Harder They Fall is in cinemas now and on Netflix from the third of November, 2021. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by Ben Hewitt, Jack Bateman and Brittany Colley. When Lea Opie will be describing life under communist rule in Albania.